0: Well, Ben Joyce makes his debut and impresses, and Zach Neto just continues to impress. In fact, I think he said Tim Anderson who it's time to get locked on with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels.
1: You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
0: your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on SiriusXM by searching Locked On Angels. And the best way to help us out is by giving us a rate and a review. And those watching on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Look good, feel good. Get yourself a pair of pants and shorts from Bird Dogs today. Go to birddogs.com locked on on MLB and use our promo code locked on MLB and when you do our friends at bird dogs will throw in a free custom bird dogs
1: yeti style tumbler with every order thank you for being here for this episode of Locked On angels where it's your team every day you've got the fridge brothers here with you aka the super halo bros my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john we're happy to be here monday through friday talking to angels baseball with you and we had ourselves a big win in chicago Last night. We hope you had a great Memorial Day. Maybe you got to spend some time with family or friends as we remember those who have served us and our country. Uh, it's our second season here with you at Lockdown Angels. Lockdown Everydayers, on, uh, we're covering this White Sox series all week long until Wednesday, and then the Angels go to Houston. So we'll be there for covering that as well. Hey, on today's show, we saw Ben Joyce debut on Monday night, and that was a big debut for him. We're going to get into what kind of expectations we can have for Ben Joyce moving forward and we're going to talk about what has made griffin canning so good this year especially in his last two starts so we'll get into all of that coming up. But first, Mike, let's talk about that big Angels win 6-4 to four against the White Sox on Monday night. Yeah, two big stories from that game. Uh, Zach Neto and his defense,
0: we'll get there in just a second, but let's talk about Ben Joyce. He makes his debut, and Johnny, he makes his debut in a game in a moment when it's really, really close. 4-3, 7th mm-hmm. inning. He comes in, first pitch, 102 miles an hour, and, and that just thing, blows
1: everybody away. That thing, you can see the splitter, Mike. You can yeah. see it if you watch the video back. You can see when it Moves And it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. It has the illusion of what people like to call rising action. It's that backspin on the ball that gives it the illusion that it's moving up. It's Mm. actually just not moving down as fast as a normal baseball would. Uh, so it gives the illusion of that rising action, which is just insane. And yeah, he comes out, out of the gate throwing 102. Insane. Unbelievable. And then he
0: throws another 100-mile-an-hour fastball. And then he threw a breaking pitch and made Angel's Twitter mad. <laughs> Everybody was like, why are you throwing that? Even, even Wayne Randazzo and Mark Gubas were like, probably should just keep throwing the heat. Yeah, Stick with the fastball, so, bud. So the, the batter got a hit, but then he struck out the next guy, struck out the next guy, got a pop-out. I think he really looked great, Johnny. We're going to talk about him and his role in the next segment. The Angels got on the board really early in this game. They actually scored four runs in that first inning, led by Brandon Drury, who had a three-run home run. His ninth after a trout walk and an Otani hit-by-pitch, that pitch hit him in the calf, and everybody quickly held their breath. Mm-hmm. And I loved Otani's body language, just head back. And he was like, that really, uh, really, really hurts, yeah, you know? Yeah. Matt Thais hits a home run, back-to-back with Drury. It was his third. He looks good at the plate. He really Three for looks... for five. He just looks so confident at the plate and has really had a good season so far. The, the best part about that, Johnny, was the, it was two run outs, uh, or two out runs. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Two out runs. And I really think that it happened because of Moniac and Renfro. Even though they got out, they struck out. They both had at least a seven pitch at bat, which mm-hmm. gave the batters an opportunity to see what the White Sox pitcher was was throwing. Um, but the, I think the key to this game really was the middle part of the game. Let's go to the eighth inning and talk about Gio Urshela and his professional at bat.
1: Yeah, Gio Urshela, of course, getting a productive at bat which moved Thice over to the third after he stole a base. Again, a big game from Matt Thice three for five with a stolen base. And this all came against Liam Hendricks. We're going to talk about what happened with him in a moment and his incredible comeback for the White Sox. But Arshella had a productive out after a Walsh walk. Neto gets a sacrifice fly, which was a huge run yeah. because the Angels had that four-run lead to start the game, Mike, and then the White Sox chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. There was a frustrating moment early on in the game where the Angels had the opportunity to add on more runs and you had two on third and second with one out and they saw Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and neither were able to bring anybody in. Right. Fortunately, later on, Mike Trout was able to add on a run late in the game. So that made it five to three, which was awesome. Uh, because, and then, of course, Zach Neto with his sacrifice fly. He was also on the other side of the glove with his defense. Uh, yeah. to Tim Anderson jumped and couldn't catch that Mike Trout uh, single that happened. I think Zach Neto could have made that catch. <laughs> stretch, yes. He's, and, he, he's now never going to live that down. I don't know if he knows about what we're talking about, but I know. we're always going to compare him now. No matter what he does, we're going to compare him to Zach Neto. <laughs> That's right. And then uh, he made that... In- Incredible play in the eighth inning, and it's just so good to see his arm over there at shortstop, yeah. yeah. throwing strikes over to Jared Walsh at first base, and then an even better play in the ninth inning to get the last out. It was diving. He looked to third, saw Grandal was still running to first, so he threw it over to Walsh over there. I love the way Walsh scoops it out and just holds it up the way that he does. Yep, Uh Just so rad to see Jared Walsh back at first base, and it really helped out Carlos Estevez because he gave up a home run to Eloy Jimenez in the ninth. And, and fortunately, uh, I saw somebody, I think it was Halo's Hangout on Twitter, said Estevez bends, but he doesn't break. And so he, <laughs> yeah. he, he had a struggle, and those struggles are going to happen every now and then, but he was able to hold on because the Angels got him a six to three lead. Right. Again, the White Sox chipped away and chipped away and chipped away, and the Angels hadn't scored until that eighth inning. Uh, they they were coasting on that four-run big first inning against Michael Kopech, who actually came into this game with a scoreless streak, Mike. I want to say it was 14-inning scoreless streak or something oh, wow. like okay. that. And that guy throws hard, but the Angels are good fastball hitters, and we yeah. saw that pay off. You saw the way that they struggled against guys who are – Uh, you know, throwing splitters and sinkers and change-ups down in the zone with Kopech and his fastball. The Angels were sitting on that and waiting for it. So all around, just a great game. How about Griffin Canning just having a huge part of this game? Talk about his line. Yeah, we're going
0: to have a whole segment talking about how he's improved, but his line was fantastic. Six innings, six hits, three runs. Johnny, the key here, no walks Mm -hmm. and 9Ks. Griffin Canning has just been so good at minimizing the damage. and Griffin Canning has been so good at getting swings and misses. And Griffin Canning has just been good. He's just mm-hmm. been a great pitcher for us. Again, we're going to talk about him in a few minutes. So two thoughts for you. One, Zach Neto is so smart on defense. That mm-hmm. last play in the ninth inning, he dives and he looks to third because that probably would have been the easiest play. Sure. And he realized he wasn't going to be able to make that play, but he's so quick at making defensive decisions mm-hmm. that he immediately just... Fling[s] it over to first base. He had all the
1: time in the world against grandall running down the right,
0: <laughs> and that's and that's again that's knowing who is up at the plate. It's knowing who's running. It's knowing who's hitting. And listen, I was nervous about Grandall because he's a former Dodger, and I was waiting for him to come through against us, right? Mm-hmm. And because Estevez was was struggling so much on the mound, and and so it was great to see him just really come through in that moment. And and I do want to shout out Liam Hendricks. He so he's good come back from cancer cancer-free, which is fantastic. I love the story they shared on the TV side that he and his wife spent $24,000 for people who couldn't afford wigs who are taking chemo Mm -hmm. to buy them wigs. And I I just love stories like that. And I love that this guy is back out on the mound. I love that we got to him, but it was such a beautiful moment to be able to see him come out on the mound, be back and and actually pitch really, really well. And he'll be successful for the Sox. He actually might be a great trade piece for any team, maybe even our team. But it was awesome to see him back. So congratulations to Liam Hendricks. We're so glad that he's doing better.
1: Absolutely, it was so great to see every single fan stand up in that, in that stadium, and, and you saw the announcer standing up, you saw the Angels dugout standing up. Matt Thice was about forty feet off of home plate, giving him the room yeah. to take it all in, and uh, just so good. It really reminds you like what's bigger than baseball, and at the end of the day, a lot of these guys are friends and really care about each other, and just so uh, Liam Hendricks having that moment was just so incredible, and and Chicago really welcomed him back. Uh, with the best energy and the best enthusiasm. So it's so great to see that. Hey, the Angels are back at it against the White Sox at 510 Pacific time. It's going to be Tyler Anderson versus Lucas Giolito. Tyler Anderson has had a few good outings in his most recent appearances too, so it'll be a good matchup. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels. And coming up on On Angels... What kind of expectations can we have for Ben Joyce? We know he's going to throw hard. We know he's going to be out of the bullpen. But what else should we be expecting from this Angels prospect? We're going to talk about all of that in just a minute.
0: Locked on Angels is brought to you by FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on all the NBA Finals action than America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit FanDuel.com to get started with FanDuel. Everything is safe and secure. And when you make a bet and you win, you get paid instantly. So don't miss your chance at a no-sweat first bet up to two thousand five hundred dollars with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com/lockedon.
1: Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. Locked On Everydayers, join us. Every day this week, as we recap the series against the White Sox, of course, the Angels are headed to Houston right after this trip. And we're going to be talking about the left field position because Moniac has had a lot of playing time over Taylor Ward. Is it possible that the Angels could go with a Joe Adele-Mickey Moniac platoon in left field? We'll talk about that this week. Uh, don't forget that the Angels are back at it tonight at 510 Pacific Time. You can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, just search Angels. So when Matt Moore went down
0: with an oblique injury, there was a lot of like questions about uh, who would come up. And the Angels quickly answered it with Ben Joyce. And we got to see him. Uh, on Monday night. How cool was that? And here's a Mm -hmm. great quote from Joyce on the call up. He said, it means everything. It's what I've been working for since I was three years old. Was Joyce playing ball at three years old? Man, (laughs) I am am not talented and he is. Uh, He was out playing baseball. He was dreaming of making the big leagues. And then finally hearing that call, he said, again, it means everything. All that hard work has paid off. And Johnny, it might be a while before we see Matt Moore again because of that oblique injury. And so Joyce is going to need to be somebody that we rely upon, the Angels rely upon in that bullpen. And so
1: what kind of expectations can we have with Joyce? I think there's things that you can look forward to and then things that you and I and Angel fans should be cautious of. Number one, when it comes to what is exciting, obviously, He's going to throw gas. He's he's coming out (laughs) of that bullpen throwing hot, hot, hot. He hit 103 in an outing in double A this year, which is incredible. He does have that slider as a secondary pitch, it's a low 90 slider. So, if he can throw that well and if he can tunnel it well and throw it from the same arm slot, pitchers or hitters are going to be fooled against him because you Mm -hmm. don't know if that heat is coming. And you don't know if that slider is coming. One thing I liked that Gubaza pointed out on the broadcast was how well Joyce was hitting the bottom of the zone. Yeah. When he ca- got hitters expecting it to go there again, he threw it up and sometimes not even in the strike zone up, but he got guys to chase it because they it looks hittable. And then again, it's got that deceptive rising action, even though it's not really rising, it's, it's it's fooling batters into thinking, and it looks like it, it gives the illusion that it's going upwards. So again, he's got that slider in the low 90s playing off that sinker. Um, He's going to strike out a lot of guys, Mike. In fact, 24 in 15 innings of work so far in A. So 24 batters struck out in 15 innings by Joyce. His last three outings, he had five innings pitched. He gave up two hits, one walk, And he he had seven Ks in those five innings. So really great numbers from Joyce. Mike, what about tempering our expectations? What should we be cautious of as Angel fans with Ben Joyce?
0: Now, before I get into this, I do want to say Ben Joyce in spring training and Ben Joyce last night looked really good. Yeah. And the Ben Joyce we saw in double A had some not so good moments. But John, there's a lot of talk about that baseball in double A. Stupid sticky base. And so I wonder if that had some impact. Here's some things just to consider with Ben Joyce. He did walk a lot of batters in double A, 13 walks in 15 innings. And he hit five guys in double mm-hmm. A as well. He hasn't pitched in back to back games this year. And he's only pitched in more than one inning. Three times in fourteen appearances, mm-hmm. so he is limited in his performance and in his success. But John, we saw him come in on Monday mm-hmm. in a big spot, like high leverage, four to three, seventh inning. Before I know what I know, we know what happened. Tell me what your unfiltered thoughts were when he was coming into the game before we saw him perform. Were you concerned? Were you excited? Was it a bit of both? Tell me your thoughts.
1: It was a bit of both. I was excited to see him debut, but I was worried that this was going to be too big of an inning considering the Angels at that point were only up 4-3 to and White Sox had been, like I said before, chipping away, chipping away at that lead. That was originally for nothing, right. and they're coming in and they're finding ways to score, finding ways to hit home runs and whatnot. And so I was nervous because the last time we saw uh, somebody like coming up from Double A and is part of the bullpen was Chase Silseth the other night in a very high leverage situation. Um, before that, Sam Bachman on Friday. Now the Angels were down in that one, uh, but it was still a lot of nerves. And so they said on the broadcast that the idea was to get Joyce and even Ben, uh, uh, uh Silseth and, and Bachman get the nerves out of the way. So yeah. this was like a, get the nerves out of the way outing for Ben Joyce. And I was like, in a four to three <laughs> right now. Uh, yeah, trying- yeah. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> um, and then I think even Wayne Randazzo or Gooby said, that's a lot of confidence in a young guy to get you through this inning. Yeah. However, I was worried about walks. I was worried about control. Given everything that we had ju- we've just talked about with yep. his numbers in double A and whatnot and everything that's happened now is he gonna have a bad outing? Sure. Silseth Seth looked great out of the bullpen and had a bad outing the other night. It's gonna yep. happen. But but man, for him to lock it down and just be laser focused the way he was, it just seemed like nothing phased him. Not even that hit that he gave up phased him because he came right back, and and knew how to manipulate the baseball, knew how to manipulate his pitches to fool batters. So I just saw somebody who really knew what they were doing and he looked really confident out there. So I'm happy that things turned out for the better rather than for the worst there. But what were your thoughts?
0: I was uh, nervous and excited. I uh, had mm-hmm. a friend of ours that texted me and he was like, Ben Joyce throwing gas. And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm nervously excited for him. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we've seen in the past, the Angels have games like this Where the other team is lurking and they're coming back and it just feels like the momentum is on their side what i loved about this performance on monday from joyce is he slammed the door shut even Mm -hmm. after he gave up the hit you were still confident that this guy was actually gonna be in the zone and johnny if he's in the zone he's going to be somebody that's going to be really tough to hit because that fastball is just, it gets on you, you real, real fast, right? Yeah. And then if he throws any sort of off speed, he's already you've already sped the bat up and you're expecting that. And then suddenly you've got something that's slow coming at you and you're already anticipating that fastball. So you're going to be way out in front of it. I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on, how this bullpen going to line up because obviously Estevez is going to be the ninth inning guy, but how do you think Joe Madden is going to use Joyce Bachman Sills? Joe Madden. Did I say Joe Madden?
1: <laughs> you said Joe Madden. Man.
0: Well, a lot of his decisions have yeah, been. Yeah, not, Joe not Madden, that different, like, is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Nevin. That's so funny, Phil
1: Nevin. (laughs)
0: How do you think he's going to use this bullpen?
1: Oh man, well he's going to do what Perry's going to tell him to do if this is Joe Madden style. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding, Mike. I I gotta get it out of my head. (laughs) I know, I know. Uh, If you're setting up for a seventh, eighth, ninth sort of situation, I think that Davinsky needs to move up to the eighth where Matt Moore was. I think that that's really important. I agree. He's he's done really well, so I think you have your your pick of the litter. In the seventh, you've got Ben Joyce, Sam Bachman, Chase Silseth, Jacob Webb. You've got those guys. You even got Tucker Davidson, who probably will stick to the mop up role that kind of Jaime Barria had last year. Um, (laughs) I don't even know if I should bring up Aaron Loop. I don't even know if it matters at this point. I know that he had a good inning the other day, but still, it just, I I don't even know what to make of him. I'm interested to see what happens if the Angels need Carlos Estevez multiple days in a row because. So far, they haven't needed to have him go back-to-back a lot, especially as he struggled on Monday night. I wonder what Tuesday or tonight, I should say, will look like. Uh, so again, they have their pick. I think if if you really want to close down a game and Estevez isn't available and you want that flamethrower out there, maybe they could use Ben Joyce in that moment. But again, I think that seventh inning is where you kind of pick and choose and ride the hot hand and see who can get guys out. And then I think Davinsky needs to have the eighth and Carlos Estevez in the ninth inning.
0: Yeah, let me cleanse my palate with that Joe Madden faux pas and just give a high five to Phil Nevin because I know that we've really been kind of tough on him. Angel fans have been tough on him. I loved that he put Joyce in in this moment. It it is a lot of high trust, but this this is the Phil Nevin that we saw last year with Jose Suarez when he kept him in the game. This is the Phil Nevin that believes in his guys. And I think that that's actually why these young guys are performing and playing so well, including Zach Neto, is because they have Phil Nevin and not Joe Madden pushing them and believing in them and trusting them in really important situations
1: Mike Griffin Canning has had two great outings Back to back and has actually had a pretty decent season so far. He's now four and two on the year. uh, And and he was a question mark coming into the season because we weren't sure if he was going to be the sixth starter or not. And he ended up kind of taking the, Fifth spot in this rotation, and now Jaime Berea's kind of got that number six role. I really love Griffin Canning as part of this rotation. He went seven scoreless last time out on Monday night. He went six innings pitched again, the three runs and a season high nine Ks. He actually, yeah. I think, he hit ten in his career, his career high. So nine strikeouts from Griffin Canning, and it's interesting to me because you look at the line, of course this is a quality start. I have it right this time. Six <laughs> innings pitched, three runs or less. That's exactly what he did. And of course, the White Sox made you a little bit nervous as they chipped away at the, uh, at, the, at the lead the Angels had. And Griffin Cannon gave up three runs over the course of those six innings. But the way in which it was done was not so frustrating because it was misplaced fastball right i think i saw one that kind of ran back into the zone and that one got hit out of course ben Attendee had the double in the first and then eloy knocked him in after that and then there was another home run surrendered but it's it's way different than griffin canning has been in the past where there were a lot of walks there was a lot of traffic on the bases he looked lost out there he looked overwhelmed out there This is a different guy. What's changed with this guy this season, Mike? Well, I think the first thing, Johnny, is that he's throwing
0: strikes. Mm -hmm. And, And when he's throwing strikes, he's minimizing his pitch count and he's allowing himself to stay in the game a whole lot longer. He's gone five innings in every start. This guy has been pretty competitive the entire season so far. And what I like about him and what I liked about him when he first came up is that he doesn't let mistakes get the best of him. And, and that's the thing that I've noticed about him mm-hmm. since he debuted with the Angels is that when he does give up home runs or he does give up the hit, he's right back in there. He's not rattled. He's not thrown. And this is what he was like when he pitched in college for UCLA. He was somebody that just never got rattled, never got thrown. He would go right back in there and be a gamer and compete. He's got a lot of grit. And I love that about him. And, What I like, what I really enjoy about Griffin Canning is that when he's pitching and he's throwing pitches that are working, he stays with those pitches. Mm -hmm. And when he's throwing pitches that aren't working, John, he's shown the ability to make adjustments in game in that moment.
1: Yeah, Mike, speaking of sticking with pitches that were working, if you look at last night's performance, first of all, he had 20 whiffs on his stuff last night. So he got guys to swing and miss 20 times wow. which was really crazy and really effective for Griffin Canning and you said something that really jumped out to me about him throwing strikes well the he had 14 called strikes and 20 whiffs so in total 34 strikes essentially that were either swung at or hit the strike zone and he stuck with that changeup man he had 9 whiffs on that changeup and and use that the most actually he threw 24 of those and his slider 23 times and his fastball 22 times and if you notice the 22 23 24 number of pitches between those three They all play off each other, Mike. Mm -hmm. They all play really well off of each other because, again, when Griffin Canning throws, you don't know what's coming out of his hand. Is it the fastball at 96 or is it the slider at 89 or even the changeup, right? So just really awesome to To see him be able to be successful with his, with his pitch variety, right?
0: Yeah, and he's really stood out in this rotation. Don't I would even say he's like probably the second best pitcher in this rotation right yeah. now, because he is somebody that goes after the hitter. And when we talk about throwing strikes, John, there's a big difference between him and Reed. There's a big difference between him and Sandy and even a big difference between him and Tyler Anderson mm-hmm. because Canning is is throwing that first pitch, pitch strike. But even if he gets down one nothing, it's immediately one ball, one strike on his second mm-hmm. pitch. And that that's what I think is key for him. Uh, it was something that the pitching coach prior to Matt Wise was really trying to get the, the, the pitchers to believe in. And I wonder mm-hmm. if Wise is actually taking that concept and finally kind of implementing that. Because we've always questioned, like, why is he there? What is he doing? Mm -hmm. But it seems like with Canning, at least, that the game plan is to throw a strike, to throw that first pitch strike, and if he misses, to come right back with another strike. Like, just hit the zone because he's got the stuff to hit the zone. But the thing that's really impressed me, John, was the changeup. You've mentioned mm-hmm. that and how he's throwing that more often. He's getting a lot of strikeouts. He's getting a lot of pop ups, a lot of ground balls on that. And Griffin Canning has been, I think, really the star outside of Shohei Otani in this starting rotation.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about when he's wor- working ahead in the count, when he's ahead, when he's up, got got more strikes than balls against the hitter. That's when he has success. In fact, I'm looking back uh, at who hit a home run off of him, and I, oh Andrew Vaughn, yeah, he yeah. hit one. He hit one, and it was because Griffin Canning was behind in the count, so he decided to throw him a fastball, and that was the one that ran in. Yeah, Vaughn was able to take for a ride. So it, he really has mo- most most of his success when he's ahead in the count, just like any pitcher. It seems like a simple concept, right? But like you said, he keeps himself calm, cool, and collected. Mike, I think that I I, I kind of wonder if that year and a half away really made him reexamine his own career and Mm. the type of pitcher that he is on the mound. He matured. And I I feel like he matured in the biggest way because I have seen a different Griffin Canning. Like I said, he's not giving up a ton of walks. He's not wild. He's not getting hit after hit after hit. He's calm, cool, and collected. And I wonder if his ability to come back and and kind of examine his career before the injury and after the injury, I think that's going to help him understand the kind of pitcher that he is now. And I hope that he takes that and runs with it because he has been nothing but impressive so far this season, a little slow out of the gate. I know that he had like a five inning start here, a five inning start there, but you can expect that in April. But now that we've seen him and the kind of pitcher that he can be, I think he's really living up to the potential that everybody thought he would have that Mm -hmm. everybody thought he could be coming out of UCLA He's been really impressive. Now it's just a matter of health. Can he stay healthy? Well, he pitched really efficiently, and he was taken out at 87 pitches. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, I really think he could have gone uh, the 7th, but I know that they were worried about who was coming in and, and who had gotten to him already, so it made sense to take him out. But again, if you're wondering about that back end of the bullpen – seems like Griffin Canning is somebody who can give you seven if you need him to so that you can rest up the guys at the end of that bullpen and use them as your high leverage bullpen guys at the end of a game. Griffin Canning, just a whole different person this season. I love to see it. You love to see it. Halo fans love to see it. We got to give Griffin Canning some more love around here.
0: Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. The Angels play the White Sox today at 510 Pacific Time, and you can catch every pitch of the Angels' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Angels.
1: Hey, give us a follow at LockedOnAngels on on Twitter and at SuperHaloBros on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're watching on YouTube, comment below, help out the channel and get into the conversation. If you're on the audio side, come join us on YouTube and leave your comment below the video. Hey, Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? All right, hear me out. Hear Mm
0: -hmm. me out. (laughs) Is Moniak playing over Taylor Ward the best solution for the Angels moving Mm -hmm. forward? Not because he's been so great, but like, is that actually a better move for the Angels Mm. or should they consider maybe Joe Adele as well? You and Mm -hmm. I are going to debate that tomorrow on Locked on Angels. You said Joe Adele
1: as well. You said the best (laughs) way for Ward, right? So... You're just all over the place today. I love it. I had to make um, up for my Joe Madden faux pas. It's terrible. <laughs> all right friends, thanks for being here. We're going to talk about that tomorrow. We hope that you'll join us again. Until then, my name is John and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike and that's my brother John. Thanks for joining us here on Locked on Angels and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.